Hello and welcome to the 4th Officials Premier League Podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with James Lewis, Ken Lee, and Dr. Pete. I don't care what any of you guys have to say right now. I'm rolling. I'm going. I don't want to know how you're doing. We got so much to talk about. We have a title race that could be over, guys. Could be over, um, for better or for worse. We have late goals that rip hearts out. We have early goals that rip hearts out. We have a resurgent Chelsea to get Rack back on track. We have a sinking Arsenal to piss Ken off for a little bit. Um, we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on in the Premier League. It's a fun but weird season. I think that's fair, right? I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, Manchester City is in first place, and the lead is almost commanding at this point. Um, that's, I mean, we could start there, guys, I and mean, we're going to talk about all these matches. We're going to talk about uh, Klopp falling apart, Dr. Pete, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. A smidge. A smidge. A skosh. A skosh. Um, James, you don't mind that. Well, he's always been a poor loser, <laughs> but I mean, but you know, the best, the, the highest, the most successful professionals in oh, sport God. seem to be bad losers. It's just, I that's mean, it's true. not, a, that's true. Yeah. Michael Pep, Jordan. Like, Pep's a bad yeah. loser. Yeah. Yeah. You can't take, if you take James losing Lewis. well, James Lewis. yeah, James Lewis, notoriously bad loser. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately I do it all the time, but, <laughs> but you can Bad can't, winner too. Yeah. Also bad, a bad winner. Three well. times yes. he's won. Yeah. Yes. I'm just bad, I'm, and I'm bad when there's not even a competition. Yeah, Ken, any comments on James being bad all around? He knows where he stands. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, to your question, and just simply, yeah, he's a bad loser, and he's not having a good time right now because he's losing, but you don't expect him to be a, a good loser, so that's okay. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that um, to an extent. I think he does a worse job of hiding it, than a lot of other coaches. Like, I think some coaches will just, like, blast out at referees. He kind of, like, moans a little bit. And it's kind of like... You mean a little bit? It's well, like the excuses. Whiny. Yeah. The whiny excuses are weird. Like, he... Yeah. It's a, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but he was also like, he was like, well, I think Allison's feet might have been cold. Yeah. Uh, in this game. He's like, you'd think it's silly, but that could be possible. I mean, so it's like, maybe he started that comment to be a little bit funny, but then he, like, doubled down on it. Yeah, I, I just weird weird excuses. I feel like um, a lot of coaches when they're angry, they they are like angry. They'll be like, "Well, the ref just effed us" or something like that, you know. And yeah. I, I feel like Klopp, you can see it in his body language. He's not angry. He's just like, like he's just so distraught. He doesn't know what to do. He's like defeated. It reminds me of David Moyes press conferences with Manchester United where I don't know if you guys used to remember oh them but he, Jesus. they'd be like hey uh how come you didn't score any goals and didn't have any shots today and he'd be like I, I, I don't know like I think we had the right tactics like I don't know what else to say yeah, but they're but they're like oh yeah um 83 crosses new record all right well let's get started with the matches uh we'll start with the biggest match um all these teams pretty much played two so uh, we will start with Manchester City Liverpool at Anfield, a four to one smacking. A graveyard for Manchester City. A smacking. Yeah. What's the record? For decades. What's the record there, James? I don't think we've won there since two thousand twelve, two thousand eight, maybe two thousand four. Even maybe I'm just yeah. I think it was it. twenty years. It's been a long, long time. Yeah. 
Is that, are those the Garrido years, or am I going back not far enough? <laughs> you went back. No, it goes, it goes past the Garrido years. You need to show Although, me that Garrido was not on that roster. You need to show me, because I know that he was he, there for too long. He was a, he was a, Well, he wasn't there for too long. It was only two years, but he was there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but could be Nigel DeYoung years. Those are good years. Yeah, the axe kicked to the head. We didn't win then. We didn't win. We haven't won an Anfield uh, in the modern. Let's we'll say in the modern era. We haven't won an Anfield <laughs> since Arsenal have been good. Yeah. Well, Arsenal gets absolutely slapped here, four to one. Um, they hung in the game for a while. You mean Liverpool? What is he talking? I'm sorry. I was really mean to Ken. <laughs> that was really mean. <laughs> Ken, I am sorry. I meant Liverpool. Oh man, I uh, was reading some of my notes and I. I just read ahead. You just just read ahead. We'll get to that. (laughs) Liverpool loses four to one uh, to Manchester City at Anfield, Um, and I mean, really, what happened was the game was cagey early. Um, City's missing Aguero. They're missing KDB. Um, Gundogan has been world class for the last month and scoring goal after goal after goal. And, you know, the game was relatively cagey. I don't really think that um, Liverpool had any quality chances per se. And when they were, they're getting chances to like Firmino and he's not the guy anymore. Uh, it, It didn't surprise me at all, James, when they got their penalty kick. I'm sure you love the theatrics in that dive from Masala. It was a well, pen, but it was it was floppy. I mean, you okay? You called a pen and 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 whatever. I mean that that's that's I think that's a example of of something that happens in midfield, and and doesn't get called. I mean, people both hands are up and they're tangled in each other's hands. Yes, Diaz has a hand on his shoulder. And he's Diaz is certainly trying to slow Salah down. Yeah. Like you, I'm not gonna like sit in here and analyze film that we're not all looking at. That was a, a whole jumbled up thing with some deflections. The ball bounces off of Diaz, Sal, and it comes back to Salah, who kicks it forward. The ball actually is getting away from him. I don't think Diaz has to do what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, Stones is coming across. The ball's like ten feet plus out from Salah and running. Salah feels the contact throws himself i mean it, it, he did i mean it was you a can flop. you i mean yeah i mean like you can say okay that's a penalty and you can't do that in the box and and you can't really argue with that but like isn't it disgusting to watch that i mean like yeah there's a hand on your shoulder and you throw both I, i'm surprised they didn't stop the game start a manhunt <laughs> looking for that sniper who was obviously hanging out somewhere in the stands because he went down like he had been shot in the back yeah but but yes whatever it's a penalty and you guys it, it doesn't really slow you guys down though um Salah gets his goal you guys miss a penalty. You guys are terrible at penalties. City is terrible are, at penalties. Yes, we're absolutely terrible at penalties. Now, Gun- Gundawan took the penalty, and, and he's actually been fine at penalties. Terrible, terrible penalty. But, yes, all of our penalties are terrible. Mares missed a penalty last time or two seasons ago at Anfield to yeah. win the game. Yep. I was um, and I was having PTSD flashbacks <laughs> to that exact moment when this happened. Um and I was like, "All right, here we go. Liverpool are going to score." But that's the that's the old Liverpool. They, we're talking about fifth season Klopp Liverpool oh, now. Here we go. Uh, and ask any Dortmund fan about it. 
I mean, you, that's a lot you know, of this is huh? That's a lot of seasons. I don't know if you can really do that because five seasons is very impressive to stay at a top club. I don't know if you can be like, well, in the fifth season, this guy really sucks. He implodes. <laughs> fifth season Fine, implosion. <laughs> Book it. Tell write a letter to your mom about it. After winning it, the title and winning a Champions League, yeah, yeah, this exactly. guy just implodes. implodes. Yeah. Just goes, <laughs> just goes insane. You don't want him anymore. Toxic. Yeah. No, nowhere near. It's like it's it's was it third season Mourinho? Yeah. All right. Well, um, um, I, I'm going to cut you off there because you're really rambling. Um, but Manchester <laughs> City comes back. I think the idea was to let Liverpool run their press out and then push further forward because I thought that in the beginning City was staying deep. Uh, Doctor Pete, you were one of the first ones to point that out where the Liverpool kind of ran themselves out, and then Phil Foden just completely destroyed Liverpool in the box. Yeah, I think Pep came out, and he knew that City did not need a win. He knew that Liverpool was desperate to get back in the title race, and Liverpool was full press, both fullbacks all the way up the field, Mm -hmm. you know, in the first 20, 30 minutes, and City was soaking up the pressure. Liverpool didn't get that many good chances, but you forgot about the Mane chance where he missed from six yards out, which would have potentially changed the game. I mean, you have to finish that header if you're Mane. And he finishes it last year. I don't know why he's so off this year, but you have to finish that, man. I mean, in a game like this, it could have definitely changed things. But as things sat, even though City missed the penalty, Pep shifted to a 4-4-2 in the second half, which absolutely destroyed Liverpool. And I think Liverpool also ran out of gas. They have had to fight for 90 minutes in every one of their matches in the last month because they've been so poor. Their whole team looks tired, exhausted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And mentally, sort of psychologically, all those injuries have, have definitely taken a toll. Guys playing in positions where they don't belong. I mean, it just takes its toll after a while. But what I have to say for Liverpool is nobody gives a shit about how many injuries you have. And when everybody looks back in two or three years, they're not going to say, oh, that was the year when you know Liverpool came in fifth because they had a million injuries. And, oh, that's okay. We had Kane, Son, Sissoko, Lloris out for long stretches of the year last year. No one gave a crap about that only thing that shows up at the end of the day is you came in sixth place. Yep. yep. And so I don't I don't feel bad for them. I don't think that they're in fourth place. Or I think a lot of them being in fourth place and not being a contender is decimated by injuries. But at the same time, they have not handled that well. Their coach has not handled it well, and I think that has yeah. definitely affected the players. And they're in a real crisis right now, and a whole bunch of competitions coming up and they could definitely end up in fourth or fifth place. They play, uh, they play Leicester next, right? Yeah. That's a huge, that is a huge game for them. Yeah. And I think Leicester is getting Vardy back, which they haven't had. Uh, he's been coming off the bench because he's been injured. And I think Vardy running against their current defensive pairing, um, of what is it? Jordan Henderson, and, and Fabinho. And, uh, Fabinho, yeah. But Fabinho's been superb this year. But Jordan Henderson has been actually pretty good. Uh, but they're, they're, you actually have to be able to be a natural defender, I think, to handle Jar- Jamie Vardy. And most of them can anyway. It's just yeah. what he does. He just finds little little spaces and things. And if they pop one over the top, Jordan Henderson versus 
Vardy. I mean, Vardy's going to get goals. So. Well, I was reading that, you know, some strategy blog that was saying that they're definitely going to start those other two center backs that they just bought. And I was like, that is the craziest yeah, thing I've ever no, heard. I don't. I thought think they were can. depth pieces, so like to throw them in against Jamie Vardy. I mean, they they might be long. They they might not just be depth pieces at the end of the day, but like. Every new signing that's come into the Klopp team has needed weeks to be integrated, at least. And you're talking about these are young defenders. The the dude from Schalke is like twenty, twenty two, I think. Twenty two. the 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 guy from the you know the the guy from the championship is twenty three. Mm-hmm. And these aren't fifty million pound buys. No, no. <laughs> these yeah, these aren't ready made superstar players. You're gonna you're gonna throw them in against. But, and that's what, that's what I was saying. Uh, and I was having this discussion with some Liverpool friends that we were watching the game, and like they were, I was like, they they didn't buy these players to be starters right now. You know, maybe next season one of them starts with whoever is not injured from your other center backs. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe next season. But we're yeah. talking about kids coming, to, both of them coming to a new league, a step up in level. You're going to throw them in against who? Man City. You're going to throw them in against who? Lester, or are you going to throw him in against Burnley and have him play against the Monstars? It's like there's no there's no good time. There's no good time to just like blood a new young center back who's not used to the league. Well, you know. Well, they could have used them against Brighton when they <laughs> lost as well. Uh, Liverpool has lost three on the trot at Anfield for the first time since 1962. And the excuses yeah. were a flowing on Twitter. Um, Ken, we had all kinds of excuses from the virus to no fans to major injury, uh, across the board. What are your thoughts on the excuses that Liverpool fans and their manager are offering up right now? I think, um, what it would, it would be better. It would hold more water as they say, if the excuses were not the whole of the league as well. Nobody has fans. Everybody has injuries. Right. And just a couple of weeks ago, we were, we the four of us were talking about, holy cow, Liverpool, look how great they look without all of their great players. It just shows like how long the season really is. Add into the fact that we have two league games every week now. Yeah. You know, most of these within like two games within three or four days of each other, all the time. The the, the pressure is not going to stop. It's going to keep mounting. The town is going to keep getting better that you're playing against, especially when you are suffering the injuries. But don't come out on a microphone and lay your hat as the reason that the almighty great Liverpool is losing because we don't have fans and there's a pandemic we weren't able to spend. Let's be honest. They weren't going to spend anyway. They traditionally don't really spend unless they sell. Who do they sell? They haven't sold anyone. So all signs point to them not purchasing anyone anyway. It's super easy to to throw those types of excuses out when it's bad but where were all where was all this stuff three four weeks ago when they were scoring when they wanted to again and holding holding the back line with a makeshift defense it it just shows that the length of this season in particular the only thing i will give them is this season while it will remain 38 games it will feel like more but that's the case for everyone yeah. I mean, to your point too, where, where, you know, where was, what was the excuse when they lost seven nil to Aston Villa? Cause they had Van Dyke they did. at that point. And they let up three so, goals to Leeds, if you remember. Yeah. So I think that, 
you know, and we've talked about this for, I mean, it's really been a couple seasons now uh, amongst ourselves anyway. You know, they're extremely thin. They're, they're a very thin squad. The drop-off in quality to their backups is is big. They it's really always have been always big. been like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and they've been extremely lucky to not have any major injuries, you know, until now. Yeah. I think what's worse, honestly, than, than the results is the fact that they are just plain and simple, like boring to watch. And then you add on the, the monotonous complaining of Klopp. Like I could appreciate it if it was witty, but it's just complaining. Yeah. It's like, it's repetitive and it's it's not even clever. It's not even like Jose Mourinho where you get the where he, you know makes fun of the hairline of the other manager or something. Yeah, at least you giggle at Mourinho. Yeah. He's good TV. <laughs> Clop it. Like I honestly, I almost I almost feel bad for him. Like it's like what he goes after the journos. No, like yeah, dude, come on, that that guy. Come That's the third or fourth interview job. he's had where he goes after somebody <laughs> for asking a question that everybody else is thinking. Where, I mean, this week he went after the journalist for asking if they're still in the title race. He's like, what do you think? They're going to run away with it. It's like, okay, dude. Like, like what kind of question is that? It's like, it's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good question, especially when you're the manager of Liverpool, who was supposed to be one of the odds-on favorite next to City to win it. Yeah, it was pretty close to odds-on. Okay, so uh, City, 4-1 over Liverpool. Also... Worm Eater win at Burnley 1-0. <laughs> James, you, More you have, James, you have 20 seconds to describe the Burnley win and what it means to you. No, I'm just not going to touch it. It's a, I'm not going to open that can of worms. <laughs> okay. We covered Liverpool. They lost to Brighton. They lost to City. Um, they are, as Dr. Pete said, they are down in the scrum for 6th place, 5th place, 4th place, third place it's all there i mean they could go anywhere at this point they have to play atletico madrid uh coming up soon oh no they don't who do they play in no, the- leipzig, leipzig leipzig sorry leipzig, yeah. sorry i was thinking of chelsea um so i mean liverpool has to sort some things out they have i mean Salah scoring goals that 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 penalties. dive that dive was such a dive he's scoring, he's scoring penalties that you know it's not that's not the same as a goal from open play true just, just true speaking of penalties uh manchester united in second place um they beat Southampton nine to zero. What? Okay, that didn't happen. Yeah, happen. it happened. Um, Doctor Pete and I were watching the game at the same time, and um, the tackle in this—it was like a minute and five seconds. It's listed yeah. as a second minute. The tackle was horrendous, Doctor Pete. It's like a rookie coming in. Just that's a red card a challenge. Red card, yeah. three matches plus. Uh, you know, not even a, a tackle you'd see from Roy Keane in like 1997 against a guy who like <laughs> took his drink out of the fridge or something. You know, like not even one of those. And I think that United from there took a big sigh of relief and then beat the living crap out of Southampton. Um, Southampton is the only team in Premier League history to lose nine nothing twice in the Prem. Um, <laughs> I, I don't fool you once, shame on. Yeah. Uh, last year it jump started their season, James. So um, it did. It did. I mean, they uh, were flying high for the first half of the season, but it seems like they're crashing right now. They've they've lost five in a row now. Yeah. So that is that does qualify as a crash, I would say. Yeah. United uh, were brutal. They were cold blooded. 
And that's who you have to be if you want to be a good team. They made up all the difference in the in the goals, um, getting up to the top three or four there. Uh, City is still sitting ahead after smashing um, Liverpool, but United made up a huge difference. All of a sudden, they're the they're the highest scoring team in the league <laughs> after scoring nine goals. Uh, a lot of stats came out of that where I was like, "This is ridiculous!" Like, if you just make that a two nothing win, it shows a, it it tells a little more of the story. And I think we saw that in the second match that United played against Everton, um, where United played really well, but they gave up two really bad goals and it's exactly why i said united couldn't win the title um kenley your thoughts on united's nine nothing and or uh just giving away that late goal against everton and just proving that they're not ready for the title i think um we can revert this back to klopp we'll just do this the whole episode (laughs) klopp said a couple weeks ago i think after they won a game like seven to nothing I think they beat Crystal Palace seven nothing, I think, or something. They scored a ton of goals against the team, and they asked him, and he said something. Don't quote me, but something to the effect of sometimes I'd rather win one or two to nothing than seven, and then go out and lose the next game. It's like a weird, a weird way. Like, yeah, he shouldn't have like conceded those goals. I mean, you go up two nothing, and you're in second place, dreams of the title. Um, you that that should be a a win. You should be able to see out the forty five minutes and go about it. Um, three, three at the end of the day would have been, you know, whatever result. It's not like Everton's a terrible team, yeah. but that late, mm-hmm. like yeah. pretty much the last kick of the game. I mean, that, that, that kind of kicks you in the gut a little bit, um, off a distant free kick too. I mean, the but, free kick was right inside the half line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing about this season is like, you got two chances this week. Yeah, that's right. I mean, well, I mean, it's FA Cup for us, but it's like yeah. unbelievable. Like if they're just gonna keep coming fast and strong, and you've got to more time, more than ever. Like you've got to win fast and lose faster. Like you just got to forget about it, mm-hmm. and move on. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> to win nine nothing and then yeah, three, three to three, three off of a off of a and an ugly, a ridiculous ugly game. Yeah, it, yeah. it was ugly. Uh, Bruno scored a worldie in the three. By the way. Uh, that was an unbelievable finish from him. He's been a little bit off lately, but that shot where he just basically it's like a, a semi lob over the goalkeeper was was beautiful. Um, and I think it would be up there for goals of the season. I'm sure that there's somebody who had something where they, like the sun goal where you dribble half the field and score the winner. But that was an amazing goal. It's lost. It's lost really in the fact that they uh, allowed that late goal and just I mean what a kick in the balls. Like my stream actually stopped in the 94th minute. Are you kidding? No, and so there's five, <laughs> five minutes of extra time, but I actually jumped back in. So it took me like, you know, 15 seconds, and I saw that there had been a foul committed by the guy who had just come on, Twan Zabi, and I was like, oh, boy. And, like, it was one of those things where the, you know it's the last kick of the game, and I was, like, kind of paying attention to it a little bit just out of the corner of my eye. And I start – once he kicked the ball, I look right at it, and I'll be damned if the, if the net didn't bulge – uh, I don't want to go too deep into this because I know we can spend a lot of time on it and you guys would love to spend a lot of time on it. But um, about a year ago, we got in an argument about David De Gea. And at that time, David De Gea was was making errors that led to, directly to goals, rolling the ball to the other team, uh, having balls go right through him, like really clear and obvious errors. And then he kind of stopped doing that where he was the guy who was rolling the ball to the other team, kepping basically. He stopped doing that. But then he also stopped making world-class saves. So he's become this goalkeeper now that Ooh, is, is, Tom gonna is like, roll? is like 
kind of steady in that you have him there, but he's not making De Gea saves anymore. And if he does these things where he's going to cough up the goal he did, um, was the second goal where he just dropped the ball into the lap of the, of the striker. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, his save percentage right now is at 63%. We're about half, we're more than halfway through the season. Um, I'm sure some of that has to do with the quality of chances that are be taking against him, but 63%, it's a long enough span now where his MO has changed from being a shot saving goalkeeper that was making errors to a goalkeeper that's not really steady in the goal anymore. Um, It's like, it's weird. He's actually fixed one thing and lost another area of his game. And if David De Gea is not making world-class kick saves and reactionary saves, then you really can't have him there. And you have a goalie right behind him who is young and hungry. And that, that, that mark this day, mark this day, as a day that I am saying that David De Gea cannot be your goalkeeper at this point and in the form that he's in if you want to win anything. And I don't think we're going to win the title this year. I never thought I'd hear you say anything even remotely close to that. Well, I waited for a a year of data. I'm a little bit taken aback. Uh, But I will say, like you said, we don't have to spend all day on this. We we could, and I absolutely love to shit on De Gea for as long as possible. (laughs) But I'll just say he was – he must have been extremely happy to watch Allison's performance after his, because no one's talking about De Gea now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that that and that's what I meant by there was an ugly game. Both goalkeepers in that game, I think, were yeah. in the Everton United game, were just absolutely terrible. So yeah. Uh, it, and Allison, you know, you're right. Allison wore the crown for the weekend, but I think David De Gea. I mean, like I said, he he hasn't been doing the dumb stuff that he did before. Balls haven't been going through him. He's just been allowing goals. It's like. Instead of stopping those uh, extreme shots, he's to, like stayed at home instead of trying to make make great saves. And I think you can't really do that right now, especially with the type of goals we're allowing. Very frustrating. Uh, United are not in the title race. Um, they were barely in it before, but you know they they have a they have a leg up for second place. I think you just you take care of that. You. Um, I, I guess you try in the Europa League. I don't know. I hate Europa. I don't want to, so I, uh, I don't want to talk about Europa. So if you're throwing in the towel at second place, are you just, you're just saying city win the league? Yes. Yeah, city win the league. As I said, at the beginning of the year, for the reason that I said at the beginning of the year, they have the most depth. Uh, they went from losing KDB and just like they did, what was it? Two years ago, three years ago when they lost him for the season. Um, they find another guy, another central midfielder that they paid a shitload of money for. And this guy's going to be the new world player of the year that scores from, you know, six feet away. It's going to be the same exact thing. They have 16 players on their roster who can win matches. Um, and that is the difference between them and Liverpool, them and Manchester United and the rest. So, uh, I, yes, I'm conceding the title at this point, James. Thank I mean, you we, only pay, we only, we only paid 21 million for Gundogan. Yeah. That was a while ago though. It was like seven years, and it was the last year of his contract, so it might as well have been a hundred. Uh, Leicester City also played. <laughs> <laughs> Leicester City also played. I don't. I still don't want to talk about Leicester City. I know they're. Yeah, okay. there's no reason to. No. Um, and you know what? I'll t- we'll talk. A- let's make a deal. We'll talk about Leicester. We'll talk about Leicester if they beat Liverpool deal. Uh, on, the, on the weekend. Deal, deal, deal. Although, deal, deal. until then, we don't have to. So don't worry about it. Deal. Okay. Uh, let's move next to Chelsea. A resurgent Chelsea under Tommy Tuchel. Um, one zero, one zero over Tottenham, and Oof. they also beat Sheffield. Uh, Some say a tougher opponent than Tottenham. Pete. Doctor Pete, your thoughts on the Chelsea Tottenham game? First of all, James is an idiot, Thomas. <laughs> Second of all, 
not very hard to beat us right now, especially when we don't have Harry Kane. So not an impressive victory from Chelsea. Um, But I I think Chelsea has been better recently. Um, They they haven't really had any commanding victories, you know, that make me think that they're going to go on a huge run. They, they, They do have an immense amount of talent, but they still make a lot of mistakes. They didn't look that good. This weekend when they were playing, um, we're very close to ending up with a draw in that game. The so, Sheffield game? Yeah, I I was shocked at how easily Sheffield was taking it to them. So I'm not ready to say that Chelsea is quote-unquote resurgent, but they just have so much talent that they really should be able to do more. Yeah, I, I think that they've won their matches, which is really all that matters when you are like rolling along. Um, and I think that Tuchel just needs momentum and they put themselves in fifth place. They're sitting there. I think James wanted to say it before cause he sent it out in the chat, but I mean, really Liverpool is one point above Chelsea, same amount of games played. The goal differential is plus one for Liverpool there. But I mean, that's a big deal. You know, they are right there from falling into seventh place even if they were to lose again Liverpool with Chelsea playing well um they haven't played anybody but that's okay you know Tottenham they beat them up when they needed to Tottenham was so drab in that match that I'm sure Dr. Pete doesn't want to go too far into it um but I mean they didn't have Harry Kane and they looked like they were out of ideas but you know Chelsea has a soft patch here they have Sheffield Newcastle uh sliding Southampton then they do play Atletico like we mentioned earlier and then um hopefully they've for them, hopefully they've gained enough momentum to play Manchester United, which should be a, a big match in terms of the top four. It's crazy that Chelsea has climbed back up, but just getting those results, maybe even when you don't deserve them, is big. Well, I mean, I think it maybe it speaks to a couple things. One, it puts into perspective, you know, because we, we've just been talking about how bad Chelsea have been. Right. Yeah. But it, it puts it in perspective for Liverpool, who are right there. But what it also does is kind of maybe give a little credit to the Chelsea management for making the change when they did. Right. So now we have Tommy Tuchel coming in. I don't buy that. Well, I'm just saying Tommy Tuchel's in now and he's won. What's he won? Two games on the trot. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's when you're, manager, in, when you're in face. free fall. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a new manager bounce back. It's a bounce. Yeah. But the, but the bounce is important when you're in free fall. <laughs> True, but I mean, at the same time, you can't. I just don't think you can set up sustainable success by doing that. And Ken, it is the bounce, right? I mean, every year Chelsea runs their manager out, and they get a bounce for a while, and then he loses to uh, Sheffield United or a team like that, and then all of a sudden everybody's talking about him, and then the 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 players turn on him, right? Ken, we've seen this a million times. Uh, yeah, especially at Chelsea. Um, I'm not going to say that the bounce, the timing of this bounce may have been you know couldn't have come at a better time for a Chelsea um so maybe that will you know sustain for a little bit longer than normal but Chelsea's got a big problem in the fact if they cannot get a hundred percent work rate out of Ziyech and Werner they're gonna have big problems because those are very expensive pieces that you're not going to be able to do much with if they don't adhere to the league um and that's going to be on Tuchel now to figure that out. And they're showing like zero signs outside of being fast 
they're showing no signs of being able to to adapt. Um, well, Tuchel might fall into the same trap. That is what apparently you know. One, apparently, one of the main reasons that Lampard got fired, right? They said he wasn't getting enough out of Zayich, Werner, Havertz, those players, right? Well, what does Tuchel do if those players continue to not perform? That's the thing. Does, You're in a very sticky situation. Them? If you don't play them, then you're you're lambasted for for benching three hundred million pounds of players. <laughs> right. If you do play them, you're you're the manager who has ta- been taken by the locker room, and you have right. no power. And you so, maybe finish seventh because you have crappy players that aren't giving their all on the field. It's exactly right. They're in a they're in a very sticky situation, and it could just come down to Liverpool on the slide, kind of allowing Tuchel to to slide right into the summer where he can do some finagling around with that line. Spend another 200 mil. I just don't want Tuchel to slide anywhere. Potentially. I, slide um, anywhere. I don't see the big clubs not spending in the summer. I mean, well, they don't have money, Ken. It's going to happen. <laughs> I think the oil clubs will have money and everybody else that runs like, <laughs> they're a... all going to spend the, all of them. Every uh, club in the premier league has money. They lost yeah, simply I mean, by they lost a lot of revenue this year. The, yeah, yes. but Pete and I contractually, were by being in the prem, there's a lot of money. You you get okay, you get baseline money, but I mean, you're talking about a budget that loses. Let's say you're Manchester United and your budget is 700 million pounds. Well, you didn't have any gate income this year. You lost uh, 100 million pounds, and I mean, it's easy for us to joke about, but 100 million is it's it's a large portion. It's it's not a joke. It's not a joke at all, and it's it's a it's a bad situation. Um, to deal with, but gate receipts have not been the main source of income for any team in the Premier League for a long They time. haven't, but they still climb up around 70, 80, 100 million pounds for big teams. Like Manchester United has 75,000 fans and they sell out every single match. That we've seen, we've seen these charts. Like that's a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, but you know, here's the other thing I saw Graham, Graham Soundis, uh, who I don't often agree with or quote or reference at all, made this point, uh, you know, because people were, it's the same thing. It's, you know, People were saying, well, the time that Liverpool should have invested and, and done this was, you know, right after they just won the league. This that, you know, that's the most money you can make in the Premier League. They yes. just won the league. That's the time to invest. Right. Obviously, we're in a downtime. But his point was like, well, you've just won the Champions League and the Premier League in successive seasons. Mm-hmm. Probably you can find a bank to give you a loan. Oh. And, and at the and at the end of the day, like that really is what it's about because right now you are seeing the fruits of lack of investment at Liverpool. So, you know, take a loan out, mm. take a loan out. What, you <laughs> know, have the, you know, the Glazers, the, the Glazers refinance their loan debt every <laughs> two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, take your club public, like, like United did. There you go. That's that IPO. That'll get you a billion dollars. They might straight up. They might do it. Uh, yeah, I, I think that Liverpool has more money than they're letting on. I think that this uh, whole idea that they sent out in the summer about, oh, we only we only buy when we're selling, and they had these long articles written about how um, the Fenway Club, the Fenway owner, what, is, what are they called? Fenway Group, um, the Boston-based yeah, owning ownership group, 
basically they I think they're selling it. I think they're selling that the, that bag of goods so that they can get lower prices on on players because if you if people know that you're Manchester United, you have the money and you will spend the money, you'll spend 15 or 20% over the top, that's what they're going to quote you. Yeah. But if if you tell everybody, "Oh, you know what? We we only buy when we can sell." Like and everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, that makes sense." I mean that they bought a center back for two million. I mean it was a cha- championship center back, but if Manchester United goes in there, they they get they get quoted fifteen. You know, like I think they're just playing it down. There's no way Liverpool doesn't yeah. make money. Well, you can't you can't moneyball it. You know, which is which is this they that they use that system. Mm-hmm. This is this is the start, started you know less successfully when they began and they brought in like Stuart Downing uh, and those play, crop of players, but they, they try to money ball it based on, on statistics is this is their method. You can't money ball. If people know you have money and they know yes. that you're looking for this player, it's yes. like, Oh, Liverpool's interested in this player must be worth a lot to them. Yeah. Well, I, 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 we, we've talked about a lot with Liverpool. Yeah. Um, let's go to Tottenham, you know, Chelsea are obviously on the, on the up and up. I'm getting a lot of texts from rack Trying to respond to all of them, uh, I don't. I tried telling him. I believe just like Ken does that this is a new manager bounce, but we will see uh, after they play some decent teams, and they'll get the chance. Atletico, Manchester United at the end of the month. So Tottenham loses to Chelsea one zero, and then they bounce back against Big Sam. They beat Big Sam. Um, I I don't really have much to say except that Harry Kane came back, and then they they started playing like a team again. Um, they, well, they need it. Uh, they know. need it badly. I think we just lost. I think we lost Doctor Pete with for, to technical difficulties. But yeah. my question to him was going to be: Are you afraid? Because when when Harry Kane went down against Liverpool and he went off injured, and the the initial the initial diagnosis was like, okay, he's going to be out for several weeks. Yeah. Uh, I I wonder. I mean, but and then you saw how they played without him. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah. Well, you could always just just are ask they, Ken. Ken are, can answer for. Us. Are they rushing him back? Are they are they rushing Harry Kane back? to save their season and at what cost? And is this going to bite them in the ass down the line? Ken, what do you think? It could, because if you look at re- the form of Tottenham this season, they really only perform when Kane and Son are firing on all cylinders. Um, so w- what you have to ask, I guess, is did they look at the performance uh, against Chelsea and say, oh, we had absolutely zero ideas moving forward? Mm-hmm. We were not able to to pressure them at all. Never looked like we were going to score a goal. Do we push them back because we cannot afford to lose to West Brom? And look who scores the goals: Harry Kane and mm-hmm. Son. Yeah, yeah. So when those two are on the field, the 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 idea in that in that training office, Mourinho and his technical staff have got has got to revolve around: if we have Son and Kane, we will win. If we don't, we're going to lose, whether it's against a championship club or Manchester City, because we don't have anyone else to get the ball to. So I think very much, did they rush him back? Who knows? None of us were in the room. But we'll find out because muscle injuries, uh, long-term fatigue type injuries, they they have a, a, a terrible way of showing themselves in the worst possible times. And maybe we do look back and say, was that West Brom win enough when you look at what happened at the weekend, the slide of Liverpool? Uh, do we really think that Chelsea's just on a bounce and they're going to go back to their old form of the defense slipping and letting goals like a sieve, uh, their attack not scoring? 
are, are we going to go back to that where maybe we could have used Harry later in the season? But again, that that's all assumptions. I mean, he could be perfectly fine. They could have been just saying he was going to be out for weeks, not knowing anything about it at the time. He, it's true. He, he true. could be it's perfectly fine, but Pete sent me uh, some stats throughout the week, and Harry Kane has missed 30% of the games over the last three years. So the fact that they don't have a backup plan for him, if you think that Jose Mourinho is going to go into this summer – and not start whining if he makes it to the summer i think he will if he makes it to the summer and not start whining publicly about the lack of depth you have another thing coming because he I would absolutely ask, will what was he doing last summer he had all summer to to he was it. whining about last he summer a little no, i know but what uh, i'm saying is like why don't they have one this is not a new problem for time because they have daniel levy as the i mean levy brought in a couple players um i mean the idea, I think, was supposed to be like Bale was supposed to be the guy who could step in and be dynamic. Um, they spent a lot of money on him. Granted, I mean, not a big transfer fee, but I believe they're paying a pretty substantial portion of his wages, if if not at least 150, probably 200,000 pounds um, of his big salary. So I mean, we can't we can't go to too much into this because we don't have Pete here to to defend <laughs> it. But I do think, and I'll save it for another Best week. Yeah, I do think there is another underlying issue going on at Tottenham that is is just you know allowing itself to kind of be swept under the rug because of their their form as of the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens all right well speaking of underlying issues Ken we're going to rotate to Arsenal here um yeah I'm not going to kick yeah, you too sure. many times I'm just going to say that they're kids and I think this is how the kids will play you just have to hope that this season is that season you know um, you get experience in Europe. You guys have Europa coming up. Uh, you get big game experience. You're playing City soon. Um, these these young core that you have, this young core gets a chance to play in big matches, and then next year you hope that it, it steps up. Is that fair after losing to Wolves um, and Aston Villa in a row? Is it fair that that's kind of where Arsenal fans are right now? I mean, that's where I've been for weeks. I've told you. like I want... If this is what we're going to have to to bear, if we're going to have to withstand a season like this, I only want to see the kids. My my only scathing remark to Arteta for this week really is, it's not the only thing I have to say, but it's the only thing that I'm really annoyed about, is if we are losing a game again, one to nothing, and you <laughs> have Martinelli and William warming up on the sideline and you choose retired umbrella drinking William to go on. I don't know how much more I can watch because yeah. he doesn't do anything. Yeah. That's a weird watch one. what he does every time he gets the ball. And I used to think I was exaggerating, but now I know I am not 100% of the time. I want you to see William's first instinct when he has the ball is to immediately pass backward. It is so annoying. You are an attacking winger. Stop passing backward. I'm sick of it. Don't play him anymore. Don't play him anymore. Ever again. No, I agree 100% with you. William is, it's it's weird. Sorry, that got me heated up, but I'm over now. No, you're right. You're totally right, though. It's weird that that William is the choice there. I think you have a lot of good young talent. Obviously, you know, uh, Smith Rowe has come out and looks good. Love it. S- Saka yep. looks good. Yep. Um, I think that 
Martinelli, uh, uh, obviously you look at Martinelli from before his injury and looked like a complete world beater. I think you need to see how that pans out for him now. That That's a major injury to come back from. Yeah. I don't think he's looked quite the same, but he's coming into a less functional Arsenal team. So, so you, you can't always, you can't really judge it, right? There's issues that need to be worked out there. The question for me to you, Ken, uh, and not, I'm not trying to poke you, but oh, I'm sure you are. But is there? No, no. I'm asking a legit <laughs> question. You're 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 playing the kids. You're you're playing the kids, and the kids are getting experience, and that's that potentially. You know, it's all, all potential. It bodes well for the future. But could is is there leeway for Arteta to finish? Let's. I'm just gonna say finish tenth with this team, and still be in the job next season. And and if you do finish tenth with this team. Okay, or whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be tenth, but like, okay, you're out of Champions League. Let's just call it that. Does Lacazette stay? I mean, let I me mean, Lacazette. Does Aubameyang stay around? Does Does Lacazette stay around? And then, do you have to rebuild those two pieces with a team that is functioning on kids, and you've got Arteta there? There's a lot going on. I think. Good question. Good question. I will start with the: Does he finish in tenth place? Does he still have a, a job next season? I believe that is going to be weaved into the story he tells to the board and the powers that be at Arsenal. Is he going into the board every week saying, this is going to be a process. This is my vision. After the process is over with, all of these kids will have played virtually every single game Mm -hmm. of a very tough, unprecedented Premier League season. On top of that, I've sent the other kids out on loan that are playing virtually every minute of every game at the respective teams that they've gone to. They will come back too. The goal is to have a core group of of youth starters and depth to where we need to basically puzzle fit pieces into. Two, we finish in 10th place, out of Champions League, out of Europa League, and we're just a a middle-dwelling team. Does Aubameyang stay? Aubameyang's 31 years old. Of course he stays. No one's going to pay his wages. Yeah, that's, He's ours. That's true. That's true. He's, he's ours. Money. Right, wrong, or indifferent, for better or worse, yeah. he is ours. And he's either going to come good and start scoring goals, or he will be the next He'll be the next Ozil, who is probably less charitable. Oof. Um, <laughs> Oof. Third, okay. I, I, lim- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <clears throat> sorry. Finish. The Lacazette part. Mm-hmm. I'm torn on Lacazette because... He dives a lot. He's not as strong on the ball as he used to be. If we remember back when he his first season into the league, I almost questioned him not going to the ground in boxes in an effort. We would have gotten a PK, but you're, you're, you're playing too strong. Mm-hmm. Now he goes down everywhere and he complains, and he's not scoring enough goals. But that's par for the course in the Arsenal attack. We don't have goals sure. at all. You can't blame Lacazette. You can't blame uh Aubameyang for not scoring goals because the striker can't score a goal without the ball we need the midfield to come good the kids are coming good I like Saka I like Smith Rowe Odegaard will hopefully come in and just uh, all I want from Odegaard is to alleviate a little bit of the pressure so Smith Rowe doesn't have to play every single minute of every single game yeah, don't burn him out. Can I? I agree. Can I just say real quick? I, I agree with everything you're saying in terms of how Arsenal need to build up a team and allow all these guys to play. How do we get out? How do we remove 
the worst red cards I have ever seen as a soccer fan in the last 12 months, and you guys having, oh, like, eight I wasn't going to bring that up, because well, I, I am. It was terrible. <laughs> a record amount of, of red cards. Of terrible red cards. These aren't like, ooh, saw that one coming, or like, oh, man, a little elbow to the oh, face Oh, he there. had to take that one. Oh, he had to take this that red card. This is like your If we're talking about the Louise red account. card at Wolver- on Wolverhampton, that wasn't a red card. No, that wasn't a red card. I'll give you that. And everyone no, saw that a hundred times. And the reason I wasn't going to talk about that is because this is what's happening now with VAR. VAR is now becoming the game within the game. And the referees are Mm -hmm. against VAR and the VAR is against the referees. And now what we get as a consolation when our players get taken off at the last whistle of a half, the day after is, yeah, that probably wasn't a red card. Yeah. I'll give you that. Well... I, yeah, Leno, I agree Leno with you, one, but... though. The Leno red card, like, he, he's, he, he left <laughs> yeah, his, Leno, though. He left his mind for a second. I have no, I have no, I can't even explain that because it doesn't make sense to me. He knows he's out of the box. These guys are trained professionals to know exactly where the box is, exactly where the goal is. I'm never going to once buy that, you know, his instinct is to save the ball. He knows he's out of the box. He yeah. left his mind for a second. I agree with you, Ken, about, I mean, the VAR, it is a little bit of a game within a game now. I'll just say that, I, I just want to say, the VAR is absolutely serving the purposes of the refs who want to get rid of VAR. That's what's going on there. But it's always been a game within a game. Yeah, there but just I have wasn't, two it just, to blame. It just wasn't, it just wasn't, like, opened up to the crowd for discussion a machine should alleviate all gray area yeah agree and all it's done is create more gray area they're sabotaging it's an implementation issue they know it and they think that they can just it gets them five minutes on a microphone the next day to apologize and say (laughs) oh you know maybe i'll try better next week (laughs) no you won't it's terrible and it's ruining the game all right. To get rid of the little piddly but, calls that we that we brought VAR in to, to alleviate is worse than the human error totally that we were witness to. But but Leno though. Yeah, but Leno though. Yeah. I, I mean so Leno's a good keeper. I mean that that's just I, I can't explain that. I mean it, it, it it's it's unexplainable. I mean it it, yeah. it was amazingly insane. It, it was to a see him David Louise special too. I mean, instead of getting uh, giving up a penalty earlier in the game and then getting a red card. He just did them both in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> That's efficiency. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I think there is a problem there. We've talked about this before that Arsenal's naivete seems to run really deep in the last 12 months. And yes, David Luiz, uh, that should have been a penalty kick and maybe a yellow card. Um, I don't even know how you manipulate the lay- the letter of the law, just like in the Southampton Manchester United game where the Southampton guy got a, a red card in like the 89th minute or something for the exact same thing. Like that's garbage. That's, that's a yellow card at worst and a PK. Well, if Luis no, is a red no card, so is, so is Ruben Diaz on Salah. That should be Sto- a red. Stones was there covering. No, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't get into that. Diaz was I have video, I have, I no have video evidence. I, have video <laughs> I don't want to get into it either, He's but right. he made no, the, the reasoning for the red card was, David Luiz made no attempt at the ball. Yeah, he has made no attempt. I hadn't at the thought ball. about that, Ken. You're actually you're absolutely right. Based on the calls made made over the last week, I absolutely agree. based on the reasoning no, of the no, calls it's, made. It's, it's actually it's the not reasoning correct. of the calls it being is, made, not correct. the based it's, on the it's calls. Actually, it actually isn't correct. We can't show video here, but it's not right. But it's fine. But just like you're saying that Diaz wasn't a red card, 
David Luiz didn't take well, down. Well, we've all said Luiz wasn't a red card. Yeah. But because Luiz was a red card, like Ken said, then... That, yes, ru- that turned yes. the game. We were winning Diaz and dominating that game. Card. I'm not actually, saying that that's why we lost that game. I'm going to write a letter. No, actually, it's actually... Yeah, write a letter. But, you know, Bednarik in your 9-0 game yeah. had a very similar red card to Luiz. Yes, he did. But But they overturned that one. Yes, they right. Did. That's the other they thing. Did. They overturned so, the appeal. So they're so so they're saying. So what they're actually saying, they're actually saying that they called the Diaz one correctly. They called the Bednarik one incorrectly and overturned it. But Louise's is going to stand because. Do you know what David this is Louise. like? Do you guys listen to uh, like crime podcasts at all? I had a little bit. Here okay, fine. So this is like it's it's the, it's the classic case of the person being accused of something. All they do is make, they throw so much, so much happenstance into the mix. It confuses the people watching and we don't know what's right and wrong anymore. So we're forced to just accept it. It's so frustrating. I can't handle the the VAR red card decision. And then you're right. And then the, the reversal of one and the reversal, non-reversal of another. It's the same challenge. And yeah. that lit like I'm not gonna say could we have gone on to lose that game against Wolverhampton? Of course, of course we could have, but we were dominating that game. Yeah, a PK at the end of the first half. I mean, it changes a lot of stuff. Like it's just, of course, it's it just frustrating. Like leave it up to human error, and I would be way less, way less annoyed. You didn't even lose that game until Leno got sent off. Yeah, I mean, you weren't gonna lose that game. Mm-hmm. Down one, you weren't gonna lose that game. Wolves wasn't doing. It's anything. probably not actually encouraging for. Can for you to it's just that. frustrating the whole time like to see it but whatever it it's a it's a bad week mm-hmm. long season i mean we, we have to just regroup and assess you know what what is the best possible outcome for for us all things considered and you know best possible outcome right now is all of the players we sent out on loan get as many minutes as possible to come back stronger and all the kids that we have still here continue playing solidify your spots and let's fill pieces and we'll, we assess in the summer that's where we are it's fair i I want to I want to talk about something even more important uh, with you, Tom, right now. I hope. Do you realize? Do you realize who you are playing on Sunday? I just saw it just now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big Sam has always Big Sam has always kissed the ass of Sir Alex Ferguson when Fergie was there. He used to show up, put in nine youth players, and then in the press conference after the game, he'd be like. Well, I just thought the young lads deserve a chance at playing in Manchester United. So you lose like <laughs> you lose like three zero, four zero, and it's okay. Basically he just like threw the game for United. So uh Fergie will be in the stands as he is Ken says. Oh, you know he will. He looms in the stands for that one. Uh if you want to see me mad, I'll be one thousand times angrier if we draw West Brom. I don't even want to talk about it if we lose to West Brom. For me, West Brom is to me what Burnley are to you, James. West Brom, oh. uh, like that, that. West Brom or Big Sam? West Brom more than Big Sam. Mm-hmm. Big Sam to me is like a necessary evil that corrects the <laughs> Prem staple. You need them. The uh, damp palms of Pep Guardiola. You need this giant-headed English guy to just like. Keep the Don't. blood and guts. Keep the blood and guts. Tommy Tuchel has damp palms. Yes. Pep Guardiola's palms Try. are well calloused from digging in the 
digging in the dirt at fields like Burnley and, and Sheffield United <laughs> in the Prem for five years now. I don't think so. I think Pepe's wearing leather gloves when he digs. That's what I think. <laughs> leather gloves and a cashmere one-time wear sweater that he's going to uh, discard right after the match because it can no longer be worn again as it has been used once. Uh, All of his clothes are one-time use. I know that. I know that. Uh, So, I mean, we do have some good matches. Leicester-Liverpool, I think this is going to be the most interesting match of the weekend um, just because Liverpool's reeling and Leicester are are good enough to beat them. Brenda carries a grudge, too. Mm -hmm. He's a a grudge holder. You can see it in his Mm -hmm. hairy, hairy eyebrows. Okay. Okay. Uh, City plays Tottenham. Uh, go Tottenham, just sneak one of those, Ew. sneak one of those in, just right over the top. Sun 1 0, 13 players in the box oh. at the end of the match. Uh, they, they've been a bogey team for City for years now. I mean, it's not, uh, not, just, not since even Mourinho. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not looking for, I'm looking forward to this less than the, than the Liverpool game. Yeah. You should be. Harry Kane, if he's playing, is gonna, is gonna sneak one past on you. Sneak one pass. All right, guys. So uh, that's it for me. Uh, Ken, anything to add to the EPL, Arsenal, Liverpool? Anything you want to add? No, no. I think uh, I've gotten everything off my chest for this week, I think. That's good. Your wife will appreciate that, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, James, anything to add? Uh, Just that we'll be playing, I think, we'll be making up our game in hand game next Wednesday against Everton. Go Everton. So, uh, tough game. You know, we've seen what Everton can do in the last minute of prem matches, so we'll just be worried about that. But, uh, hey, 10, was it 10 Premier League games in a row? One. Looking to make it 11, and then after that, looking to make it 12. And then I'll be comfortable saying, yeah, we're... We're gonna we're gonna win the title. Good, because I'm only saying that you're gonna win the title, so that when you guys cur- just fold in half, I can mm-hmm. be on top of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you post that on your uh, United fans message board. I'm sure they'll get kicked. Of the two uh, of us, which one of us has a uh, team message board that they frequent? It's you. It's definitely no. I don't, no, it is me. Well, yeah, it is you. I thought so. I don't have one. So. No. Well, me neither. So go f- yourself. Okay. <laughs> For James Lewis, Ken Lee, and uh, a Dr. Pete, who had to leave. He tried. He tried. R.I.P. I'm Tom Miller saying, I hope everybody has an awesome week, except for City. And Arsenal. Fourth Arsenal. I don't like him. Well, let him be. Fine. Let, Let Ken have some fun. Sorry, Ken. I can't have fun. I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> it's, soccer is not fun anymore. <laughs>